Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Appreciate all of the feedback and support for the newest addition to the Sports and Torts Podcast family with our weekly college football segment called Last Call. Having a lot of fun with that and glad everybody out there is as well. Also had some great lawyers on the podcast recently. We are rocking and rolling. So please, if you've missed some recent episodes, go to sportstorts.com. Check some of those episodes out. But football is taking a back seat today, my friend. It is October. It is MLB playoff season. The Braves absolutely rule. And me and my buddy, Josh Granat, we got to talk about it. We want to talk about it. Loyal listeners will recognize Josh's name and voice from several prior episodes you've been so good to join us with, uh, including the 2023 season preview. Always brings the goods for baseball and the Braves. Gern, my man, it's great seeing your face on this Wednesday. How you doing? Good to be here, man. Love getting on and talking some baseball. You know, I do too. And um, like I said, it's Wednesday, October 3rd. I called you this morning, uh, as as I often do, to discuss the Braves and, and discuss you know the upcoming playoffs. And it dawned on me, it's like, let's just hit record. Let's just hit record. Like, we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, and you're like, hell yeah, let's do it. So uh, this is off the cuff. This is unscripted. This is as if the listeners are sitting in the back of one of our vehicles while me and you are talking through Bluetooth, discussing the playoffs, right? Love it. Let's get going. Uh, first question. How much did you enjoy this 2023 Braves team? It was awesome. They were fun to watch in every facet of the game. I mean, obviously, everybody talks about the home run record, crushing baseballs and all that. You know, they pitched well. Starters, the RA were great. Same with the bullpen. I mean, it was just every night. You're like, I'm going to see something different. I'm going to see somebody step up one through nine. Uh, it was awesome. The early 90s was awesome when it was all new to us. Um, I think back to that time period, but gosh, I can't remember a more fun 162 than we just had. That's uh, You're right. I mean, because I was I was in the same spot you were back in the 90s, man. That was like the coolest thing we'd ever experienced uh, preteen into teenage years uh, because it was so unexpected here. I mean, if you look back at our podcast at the beginning of the year, I, I think a lot of the stuff that happened – we, I don't want to say we expected it, but we talked like we did. We did. Uh, but to have it, um, to see it, I, I'd love to go back, and, and if, if we would have actually had some foresight to this, <laughs> we've gone back and, and pulled up some of our predictions. And I bet almost every over hit in terms yeah. of the numbers we put for home runs, RBIs, wins, batting averages, they all had to go over, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every single player, one through nine, exceeded expectations. Acuna, I mean, I know that people are probably sick of hearing it. I'm not sick of talking about it. Uh, best player in baseball, top five offensive season of all time, right? 100%. And not only was it amazing as like as a baseball guy to watch and appreciate some of that stuff, he's entertaining. And I think, you know, his draw, especially to the younger crowd, and, you know, as we'll talk to, I guess, a little bit into this, some of the rule changes and how it affected uh, the game and the pace and all that. Uh, Acuna is the face of that. And I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, 40-70, he's in a club all to himself. 40-50 um, was by himself, 40-60 by himself. Uh, how about those Cubs announcers that they got all butt hurt during the game when, 
you know, he took his moment, lifted his base up as he should have. They did the celebration. Like, bad look for the Cubs, I thought. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I understand they're they're going through this this slide, right, that continued on through that series that basically cost them a playoff spot. But this is the game today. It's about entertainment. And, and, and not just entertainment, but it's about accomplishments. That's what baseball – has always been about its numbers, its statistics. It's more than any other sport. You look back at numbers as significant. And that was huge. And by the way, Boog Shiambi is one of the Cubs announcers. He used to be the Braves. He was a play by play guy. guy. I know. You he know? knows better. He Boog, <laughs> Boog knows better. Uh, national media jumped all over him for it. And, and, I, and yeah. I appreciate that. They got us back. So um, he's got to be MVP, right? I mean, the Mookie Betts talk was cute for a minute, but is there any way that that Acuna is not the MVP of this season? Uh, no, not if the voters are being honest. I mean, you look statistically through everything and there were only a handful of numbers that you would say, oh, Betts is better on that. I think he had a few more doubles, right? Um, but when you factor in, and I heard some interesting stats, I wish I had time to think about it before we got on this, about slugging percentage plus stolen bases. So basically the total bases you create in a bat is a slugging percentage. You add stolen bases to that because it's just like you created it, you know, single turns into a double. He's crushing everyone. Like this dude just took baseball by storm this year. He's like, I'm back from my injury. We accomplished some pretty huge things. Like in my mind, it should be unanimous. Uh, but if Bill Platschke and guys like that have votes, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to see Mookie getting a couple of first place votes. Yeah. And what's so interesting is I, I agree with everything you just said. And Matt Olson, who just set, franchise records in home runs and RBIs uh, for the Braves um, is kind of a, I mean, I won't say an afterthought, but you know, any other season he'd be getting talked about as the MVP. I mean, what do you end up with? 54, 55 home runs, almost 140 RBIs. Um, we talked about him too, that the shift was going to play in his favor. Yeah. And God did it ever. How many base hits did he get the right field? And that's what I like seeing. I mean, yes, he hit home runs, but his average was up. You know, he finished up near 280. I think last year was 242. And if you take out the time that he hit in the two hole, so once they moved him down to the four hole, and I think that was early June, dude hit like 325. Tip of the cap and, to and, our friend Casey Collins, too, who predicted that right. move to the four hole all along. Um, he loves light up construction. We love you, Case. Uh, and, and it was weird having him hit in the two hole, four hole where he belongs, caught fire. Beautiful thing. No, and it just it made that lineup flow so much better. Uh, and then you, you know, you factor in the year that Azuna had coming in behind him. You got to pitch to him. You got to pitch to Riley. You've got to pitch to uh, Albies in the two hole. Like everybody's got somebody behind them protecting. There's no holes, man. There's, there's, That's why it's so much fun to see. There's no places for a pitcher to go and like take <laughs> a deep breath. You know, we'll, we'll forever compare Olsen to Freddie. Um, it's just the nature of, of what we do as fans. I, I said that when Olsen is at 230, 240, I think I'd rather have Freddie, regardless of the power numbers. When Olsen's at 270, 280, like he did this year, like I'm on Team Olsen. I think that that having him is a better fit than having Freddie. Now, I know Freddie hit 330 and had 100 RBIs. He's a great player. Uh, where are you currently at Olsen versus Freddie? In this lineup, I'd rather have Olsen. I, I think he, not to say that anybody can replace Freddie, and I, I love Freddie. Like that, I mean, we go back and listen to our podcast from that time when he got the, uh, when the trade was made. Uh, I think Olsen fits in perfectly into that slot. I love the run production. He also scored like 110 runs 
Uh, so he's getting on base. I mean, he's, you know, everybody talks about Acuna, you're right. But any other year, uh, you know, uh, Olsen is going to be in that top one, two MVP vote for sure. Yeah, he'll probably end up top four. I'm, I'm guessing Freddie, him, Betts, and, and Acuna. Uh, your boy Riley, my boy Ozzy, they just quietly put their numbers up. You know what's going to happen in, in 15 or 20 years? Both of those guys will be in the Hall of Fame. I'm telling you, because are you, are you, is there any reason to think that both those guys won't continue to put up 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, play good defense for the next decade? Because I don't see it dropping off. And then when you add all this stuff up, they're both be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the production for Ozzy has a better chance of slipping just simply because of his, his size. And as a, as a little guy myself, I get it. Um, but a guy like Riley, I mean, dude is a beast of a human being. We saw him yesterday at the Braves practice game, you know, from 15 feet away. Guy's huge. He's got a very simple swing. Um, you know, we joke, Ozzy drives me nuts when I watch him in particular bats. And it's like his swing, his swing, his swing. And then boom, we get to October. He hit 275. He hit 32 home runs. He drove in 105 runs. And he's a second baseman. I mean, historically, it's second base. If he does this for five or six more years and then has some solid years after that, I mean, I'm, I hear you. You know, they always say, and we say it too, the back of the baseball card don't lie. And it just yep. doesn't for those guys. I mean, Ozzy's had his injuries. If he can stay healthy, he's going to keep doing it. Um, we we talked a lot about Arcia taking over for Dansby. I think we recorded it back in um, April or, or late March. We didn't know if RC was even getting the spot. Uh, my God, what a pleasant surprise that guy's been. And 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 aside from his production, he is so likable. Great clubhouse guy. Yep. Um, they all seem to kind of feed off his energy. Uh, and his hits always come in big moments. Like they're not just empty yep. calorie stats. Like they always seem to be big moments. He had a ton of late inning hits. And he played a great defense at shortstop. I mean, people compare, oh, Dansby, you know, and I get it. I love Dansby too. Um, you know, and I think I was one of those guys that wanted to see what Arcia could do, but I didn't have an expectation he'd make an all-star team. I didn't have an expectation he would be there the whole year, uh, you know, as the starting shortstop. I thought that was, you know, if we look back, it's probably one of the things we said, oh, yeah, this is something AA is going to address near the trade deadline if we're not getting the production that we want. And the other thing you mentioned that I think is just as big as the rest of that you know, he's, I don't want to say taken the place of, but he's become that Heredia type in the dugout that the Braves have had different guys in that role uh, throughout the season, usually bench players. It's cool to see a guy that's in the game also being that dude, but he creates energy, man. And that, uh, that goes a long way in a baseball game. That's a really cool analogy in comparison. I hadn't thought about that before, but that, that that's a good call. And then Ozuna from the Braves, where the <laughs> hell did he come from? He's everybody's favorite. Now that guy got, his ass booed every oh single at bat for what 45 games, 60 games last year. They booed last the year. Take him. it back to last year. I booed him hand in the air. Um, and now everybody loves him. The big bear. <laughs> hey, it's like we said at the, at the top of this man, production creates entertainment. And I don't know what he started eating uh, the beginning of uh, May, but that April, I mean, he was hitting like 088. I mean, we were talking like, man, Alex is probably going to drop him and eat, you know, the rest of this year and 16 mil for next year just to get him off the roster. And he turned it around, man. That's uh, it's been impressive to see. In AA, we trust. I just can't say no, it enough. In AA, we trust. You're not going to hit every single, yeah, every button you push isn't going to be right. But man, he sure does hit more, more right than wrong, doesn't he? 
Oh, he does. He's um he's a wizard up there. And it's and he makes the unpopular moves too. Uh, you know, the Freddie move that was immediately met with criticism. The Dansby move. Oh, I can't believe we're doing that. I mean, just look through Twitter. It was exploding. Like, what are we doing? And how it works about, out. How about that trade for Sean Murphy giving away Contreras? And we're like, yep. there's got to be another piece to this trade. Everybody's scratching their head. Like, somebody else has to be involved. Well, Murphy's yeah. been great. I mean, that dude is no nonsense. He is no BS. Shows up every day. Him and Darnode, you know, you, I think you might have sent it to me. You combine their two stats together. It's just crazy production from the catcher. Yeah, it was like 33 jacks hitting like, uh, I mean, the, the average was low. It's like 236. Did you get 30 plus production from your catching spot? And I was like 90 RBIs. I'll take that all day. So fun. And we haven't even mentioned Eddie. Uh, God, I will forever love Eddie. Look at the end of the year. His number's right there too. It's just, it's just so fun. We're leaving out Michael Harris because we want to move on to stuff. But like, again, one through nine. Um, all right. Pitching staff. People love to nitpick the pitchers, uh, especially relief pitchers. Um, had tons of injuries. Uh, Max Freed, you know, right. If you just told us back in April that they would be pitching the combined numbers game, we'd be like, whoa, sh- we're kind of screwed. But your boy Spencer Strider, man, Cy Young material, he going to win it? I don't think so. I think it's going to be Blake Snell. Uh, I think Strider has done a lot to deserve it. Um, and you take out a handful of bad innings that he gave up four and five runs through the long ball. That ERA is, you know, down from 3-8 to 3-2. Um, I have just super high hopes for him over the next seven years or whatever's left on that uh, contract that they gave him last year. He's so much fun to watch pitch. He uh, he goes right after hitters. And he's a rarity uh, as a starting pitcher and that he's, you know, he's really 95, 96% two pitches. I mean, he'll showcase that change up every once in a while, but you go into the box, you're like, I know what you're going to throw me. And I still can't hit it. Still can't hit it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have high hopes for him over the next month. Um, yep. I, I kind of think that as he goes, we go, you know, I think back to these teams that had that dominant horse, Randy Johnson, um, you know, Kerry Wood, Mike prior back, like going way back in the day. Uh, there's others I'm missing, you know, Kershaw, of course, carried the Dodgers. Um, we traditionally haven't had that, like, I mean, Smoltz, Glavin, those guys back then, but like recently, like we haven't had that hard throwing strikeout pitcher that can just take over a game. Um, and that's who I, who I'm looking to the most to be like, okay, dude, he was hurt last October. It showed he's full force. I expect huge things from him this month. I do too. And I think he'll be named the game one starter. Um, and I think he needs to set that tone. I was listening this morning to uh, 680 and they said he was four and zero against the Phillies this year. Um, you know, with just a ridiculous strikeout to walk and hit ratio. Um, so, I mean, history points that he, he should be the guy and we need him to be to your point. Um, that, that sets a big tone for a series, especially the short series, these three and five game series, man, they, they, they can swing on one pitch, one play so much faster than the traditional best of seven, you know, that we're used to. So I think game one is so important this weekend. Yeah, agreed. And we'll get to the makeup of, the, of, the, of those game five series. But, you know, Max Fried becomes the second big piece. Um, his finger, blister, we'll talk. Both of us saw him pitch last night in the yep. postseason workout. Wasn't very impressive. I don't know, you know, if he's working on stuff or whatever. But um, I got faith in him. He's a gamer. He'll be fine. Um, I don't think the blister is going to cause any problems. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, he seems like, you know, if you slot him into game two, like pretty good place to be. I'll take it. I mean, as simple as that. If, that, if you tell me that's my game two starter, um, I'll roll with that any day. He's he is he's a gamer. I mean, the way that he pitched uh, the October before uh, when we 
took the championship. Uh, it's impressive, man. I mean, that dude was just a bulldog throughout the series. And I think he's got the stuff too, uh, physically, uh, not beyond just mentally, um, to go out there and fight through it. And that's what the Braves are going to need him to do. Cause we get beyond that in the series and, you know, the rest of the, the starting staff right now is a little bit of a question mark and who's following. That's where it gets a little wonky. Obviously I, I like Charlie Morton more than most people do. I think um, I just respect him going to the Hill every fifth day and putting up the innings that he does at the age that he is. Um, he's just a great guy. Clearly he's not going to be available for, for the NLDS, which I think is a, is a, is a problem. Um, I do trust him uh, when he does show up to be able to play, hopefully in the NLCS uh, elder. Look, he got us here. I think that we roll with him. Um, right. A little more nervous about, I mean, what are your thoughts on the back end of the rotation? Well, right. Should be fresh, right? I mean, what do you throw 30 innings this year? Um, got to see him pitch a little last night too, in the, uh, in that scrimmage game. And he's got the stuff. It's just, is he going to have command of it? And I think that that's his big struggle. And for elder, I think he's gotten tired, man. He, the most innings he's ever pitched. I think he was up to like 180, 185 for the season. Um, and he's not a dominant guy. He's a location mix up speeds. Uh, and when he starts to get that ball up, you know, when it's a 92 mile an hour fastball or a hanging slider, you know, that's a lot easier to hit than uh striders, you know, slider coming in at 94 or 95. Yeah. He's the pitch to contact guy that they always say is not who you really want in the postseason because every base is so critical and, you know, excuse me, swings and check swings and just contact can find green grass. So um, we'll see how he does. I, I still want to see him out there. I'd rather see him than, you know, Dylan Lee or somebody else to come in and try to no offense to Dylan Lee. He's the first thing that popped in my head. Um, yeah. But Elder got us there. I'd like to see them give him a shot. Um, bullpen. Hey, I'm with you on Morton. Just real quick on that. I love your the points you made on Morton. And one of the things I really like, some of these older guys that have been at this for a while, you know, these these younger pitchers have never gone deep into games. I mean, starting pitchers are throwing less than they ever have. Guys like Morton, I mean, watching uh, uh, Zach Wheeler last night, you know, get into the seventh and eighth innings for the, uh, or the seventh inning, I'm sorry, for the Phillies, you know, upwards of a hundred pitches. Like Morton knows the situation. Like he's going to go beyond what his body says, okay, we should be stopping now. And I think there's a lot to be said for that mentality. So I, you know, we'll miss him this series. I hope whatever's wrong with his finger, you know, allows him to come back, assuming the Braves move ahead because we're going to need him. For sure. All right. So Snickers, he enough credit for the job that he does year over nope. year with this team. No, because you, you, dude, you said it earlier. There's so much, especially to baseball, it's a slower game that happens in increments as opposed to like football or basketball, where there's so much more pace. I think culture plays a huge part in in what these guys do, in part because of the pace of the game. And I think a guy like Snicker, you know, that that watched Bobby do this for so long and that toiled his way through the minor leagues and just saw every little bit of this. Like he understands that mental aspect. The players love him. The players love playing for him. Um, you know, the media is going to say, well, well, that lineup, you know, anybody could could roll out there, you know, and, and win these games. But I think there's so much more to it. And, you know, he'll probably lose to, you know, Craig Council or somebody else for manager of the year. But Schumacher. I mean, that dude works wonders in that clubhouse, man. The media has the players say, say it. They love them. Yeah, the media has say that that anybody could go and take the lineup card and write in one through nine every day and let them go. But there's so much more to it, as you just pointed out. The players love him. The fans love him. I mean, who doesn't like Snitker? He is 
the story's great. The way he presents himself is great. He is truly just like a, a guy's guy, you know, yeah. he's emotional. He's enjoying it. Uh, just lucky to have him. I mean, you, you talk about the way that the, the game has changed and let's kind of shift gears a little bit because um, both of us are old school statistics guys like OPS. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what's good, what's bad. Uh, but we all know batting average, right? Like we all know batting average. Um, and I've got a stat for you that I'm going to see if you can answer this. Um, all across Major League Baseball, how many players do you think hit over 300? Six. Nine. Remarkably low. Yeah. Remarkably low. Um, that seems crazy to me, right? Like, weren't there days of double digits, at least 20 plus guys hitting 300? Or am I just off by that? No, that's that's the way the game has changed. I mean, you're looking at the three true outcome model where, I mean, even watching the playoff games last night when I got home from that scrimmage, Marlins, two strikes, down by two, man on third, taking massive cuts, trying to hit the three-run homer, right? Like you have two strikes and you're facing a dude throwing 98. Try to get a hit. And, and not enough players take that mindset anymore. And it, and it starts, you know, well beyond or well in advance of – the game field, uh, the teams are preaching this. The statistics say you should do this. Even when you have two strikes, you should be trying to do this. Um, and I, you know, old man on the couch here, I miss those days. I like the guys like Tony Gwynn that would go out there. I mean, that's why Luis uh, Arias is so much fun for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Dude's just going out there and and putting the ball in play where he can. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just, it, I just but it is what it is. I just thought it was wild. Like I just, I went look today to see where everybody finished up, and I'm like looking down there. I'm like, oh my god, there's only these many people. And then if you go to 290, go to 290, only three more guys. So that's only 12 people all across baseball hit 290 or, or above. Um, and then you you look at like Olson and Riley, who no one considers high average guys, right? We just mentioned like if they if it will. Well, Olson, excuse me, Riley has had traditionally decent averages, but like Olson, two forty, two fifty. Um, both those guys are top twenty across baseball in averages. Their two eighty-ish was like top twenty. Um, wow. Yeah, it's 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 just wild. So you mentioned the postseason uh, practice workout. We were both there last night. Very curious to hear your takeaways. I mean, for for people that that aren't following, the the Braves are trying to do something to keep the momentum going, not just sit back at home for a week while the wild card teams do their thing to avoid the letdown uh, that happened last year. So I, I, I get it why they're doing it, but uh, what was your, what was your takeaway from last night? I thought it was a blast. Um, you know, it was a very child-friendly environment. I mean, you had kids running up and down the bleachers, you know, throughout the game, which you don't see in a regular game. Um you know, there were several instances where the guy got out and Max Freed's like, no, 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 stay on first because I want to work on my pickoff. Uh, I love that. And I love that they brought the fans in. It's a good PR move, I think, for the Braves. And it gives the players, I think, a little more um, reason to get out there and play hard. I tell you one interesting thing was watching who played first base uh, for the blue team. Yeah. It's like if something happens to Olsen, is that going to be our, our first baseman? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun, too. And agreed, it was very child friendly. I took uh, Graham um, and my nephew and my dad went. Um, I will disagree a little bit though in terms of the on field product. Um, I thought it lacked, of course, it lacked some intensity, uh, sure. but I thought they were just kind of going through the motions. And it almost, at one point, I'm like, are we doing more harm than good 
by having these guys out here pretending to care when they really don't care just to get these live ABs, just to get these reps? Is it doing more harm than good? And and I don't I don't know the answer to that question, but I also was wondering if they really are going to do this for three straight days. Like I could see that getting pretty old come, you know, come Thursday. Well, see, I, I look almost at the opposite, whereas being the first one, season just ended, had Monday off, it probably was a little more laid back. And as you get into game week, I could see where that intensity is going to get ratcheted up. Um, I mean, it served other purposes too. It gave a chance for Max Freed to throw 75 pitches and get into a normal rhythm uh, for every five days, right? Um, and and I tell you what I really like was uh, A.J. Smith-Schauber. He threw the junk out of the baseball yesterday. And when the Braves are going to make their, you know, postseason roster plans, you know, he's a guy that's that's right there on the cusp with a few others that are going to be considered. And I, I thought he looked really good. You just stole my segue, bro. <laughs> hey, man, I, I got the notes. going. He he was great, and and I I I don't see a scenario where they leave him off the postseason no. roster, even if they're just judging it on last night. I mean, he he pitched against the the A team, I'll call it the regular starting nine, and he shut them all down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to poo poo the idea. I I love that the Braves came up with something like that. I think it's creative. I think it's thoughtful. Um, I just hope that it doesn't you know doesn't have the reverse effect. I guess we'll never really know. But well, uh, just remember, too, last year was the first year we had this scenario. I mean, the playoff change was last year and they didn't do it. And they came out flat as all get out versus the Phillies. Now, granted, we could make excuses about pitchers being hurt, sick, whatever. But they came out flat. Um, and so I think Snit, you know, to his credit or, you know, whoever came up with it, I'll give Snit the credit here. You know, thought this would be a good idea, you know, for the for the players to get some some game speed action. As opposed to, you know, taking a couple of ground balls, sitting in the cage and going home. It's always a discussion towards the end of the year. It's like, what's the better path? I mean, we've seen so many wild card teams advance to the World Series, win the World Series. Um, and we've seen so many division winners with the top record sit back and then come up flat. So, you know, I think there's no perfect formula. I think it's very year dependent. I think it's very team dependent. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out in a week or so. Um, but but cool that we went. So. The wild card uh, matchup started last night. Um, I don't know. Is there one that you're looking more? Obviously, Phillies and Marlins were paying the most attention to. But uh, where were your eyes last night when you left Truist? Well, unfortunately, there are only two games still on. Those uh, American League games had the uh, the early starts. Um, I'm interested to see how the Rays play. Um, I've always had a little fascination with them simply because they're one of the lowest payroll teams. They consistently finish at the top of their division. Like they just figure out how to get the most out of these players. Um, you know, do I want to see them make the world series? Not really, because I don't want to see a world series in Tampa in that box of a stadium, but uh, they're fun. I'm glad the twins got a victory and got off that. Uh, what was it? A 17, 18 game schneid year. in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. So that was good. But yeah, I mean, most of the attention is obviously on uh, what the Phillies and Marlins do. I'm glad that you were looking forward to watching the, the Rays because people in Tampa certainly were not. Did you see <laughs> that attendance yesterday? No. Well, well uh, They had 19,000 fans in the stadium for that yes. game. And it looked like less than that. It looked like one of these, you know, juice up the numbers um, type deal because that place was empty. Uh, Blue Jays is they're always a fun team to watch. Of course, they lost. I think that was one of the teams that Casey was high on coming into the season. I like them. They're they're a mm-hmm. fun bunch. Um, you know, the Phillies and Marlins is what will pay the most attention to. Obviously, um, 
Phillies won last night. I don't see a path to victory for the Marlins. I just think the Phillies are, are just that much better. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Stranger things have happened. Phillies are the kind of hot pick, right? People love jumping on the Phillies bandwagon. I've heard a lot of Braves fans say, you know, don't want to see the Phillies, kind of afraid. I'm using air quotes, afraid of the Phillies. Um, and I can see why. I mean, yeah, they, 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 they're tough. Lineup's tough. Pitching's tough. Ballpark is, is crazy. They did it last year. Where do you fall on the Marlins and Phillies and one versus the other? Or how that series is going to go? Well, I think the Phillies will beat them tonight. I think it'll be done and they'll be getting ready for Saturday to come to Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I, that's a team that is scary. I mean, you look at their lineup, you know, starting at the top Schwarber, I mean, the most unconventional leadoff hitter in the history of baseball. I saw a stat. I mean, the, he was going to become like the first player ever. Uh, what was it to hit less than 200, have less than 50 singles and hit more than 40 home runs. I mean, like it was a ridiculous n- amount of his hits or home runs. He had like 40 singles on the season. Pass. Um, Not interested in Schwarber. Pass. Yeah. But uh, to Trey Turner, I mean, I hate him in a Phillies jersey, but that dude is, he's just a player and he's turned it on. And I mean, Bryce Harper obviously has been the the face of the game for a while now. They've got a great lineup. They've got two good starting pitchers at the top that can throw the snot out of the baseball. Um, you know, they'll be tough, but I mean, there's a reason why the Braves won, you know, 16 games more than they did, why they beat them in the season series. You know, when they played them last, I think we had already clinched. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not afraid of the Phillies. I mean, they're a, a team that can definitely beat the Braves. But they've got to go through our lineup, and they've got to throw more than two pitchers. Uh, so I think it'll be a fun series to watch. We've got uh, mutually quite a few Philly friends, uh, so it should make for a fun fun week. You think there are two knuckleheads sitting in Philadelphia right now doing the same things that we're doing? 100%. Being like, I'm kind of afraid of the Braves. I mean, that lineup is tough. <laughs> they got a Cunha. Saying the same thing we're saying. Uh, oh, for sure. Did you see that Christian Pache started the game for them last night? I did not. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know how he ended up there or how he ended up in the starting lineup, but I was kind of surprised to see that. So uh, I think it's tough for the Phillies to make this run two years in a row. If history has shown us anything, it's just hard to do this twice in a row. We learned it with the Braves last year. So I'm with you. I think that we end up getting the Phillies, um, which is going to be sweet revenge from last year because that was a painful loss to them. Jumping to that series, I mean, we can spend a minute forecasting the Marlins, but I, I think I'm with you that other than no. saying that you like Arias and we love Jorge Soler and Jazz, like what of course else we else, do. What Always else really say about the Marlins. So um Nola and Wheeler, they'll be their top two. We'll counter with Strider and and Farid. And then from there, both teams probably get a little wonky in terms of the back end. So I guess you you could see a scenario where four of the five games, if it goes five, are pitched by those dudes, right? Think about how the the thing's set up, um, which could be really fun. Yeah, they got some weird off days. Like they play Saturday off Sunday, play Monday off Tuesday, which I think helps both front ends of the starting rotation get ready for the uh, the games later in the series. So yeah, you know it's going to come down to a couple of bats here and there. You know I think you know from a home field advantage standpoint, everybody raves. Oh, the Phillies is the best in baseball. Man, I've been a truest in some big spots and I, I can't imagine a place being louder and you know, the way that they pack during the regular season, it's going to be the same way in the playoffs. 
So I, I think the the difference with Philadelphia is that ballpark is so damn small yeah. that you just never feel safe because Bryce Harper, if he just like makes contact with the ball, I feel like it's gone. Trey yeah. Turner, it's just inevitable. Him, Schwarber, like you just never feel safe with leads there. Our guys can do it too. So it works both ways. They both play the same part. But I just remember the last series, every one of them were up by three or four. And then they're just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And we end up in damn extra innings every time with them. And that's what scares me the most about their ballpark. Their fans, of course. Um, don't you feel the same way? Yeah. And you actually bring up something I'd, I'd meant to mention earlier about the season. Um, just the number of runs they scored in the first inning. Right? Like, I think that's going to be a huge part of the series. If the Braves can consistently put crooked numbers up early to get the Phillies in a bind to where they may make a pitching change sooner than they'd like to because of a scenario. I think that plays in the Braves' favor, and that's frankly what they've been doing all year. But, yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be a battle. Um, you know, with our bullpen, there are moments when I just want to turn away. Uh, and, but if you look at the stats again, man, they're good. The ERA is good. You know, it's – yeah, I think Painful every team, times. every every fans of teams complain about bullpens, right? Like you're only happy with your bullpen guy if he gets everybody out every time. If they allow one run, it's it's the end of the world. So everybody has bullpen bullpen issues. But that leads to my next question, which is um when do they announce the, ro- the final roster? And do we have a sense of what that roster construction from a pitching perspective is gonna look like? I think they announce uh the day before. So I think like they have they have to put that in the so I guess that would be Friday afternoon that they've got to get that roster in. I don't know. I mean, I I really don't know what to expect. I mean, you got a couple of guys in the bottom of the bullpen and and guys that they depended on early in the season, guys like Colin McHugh, total question mark. Is he gonna make it? You know, Alan Winans kind of up, did a great job, but is he really, you know, throwing 87 miles an hour with the guy that you want in, you know, coming in late or you know, maybe do some long uh relief? So I I have no idea. I don't know what to expect, but yeah, we will tough, see. Yeah, some tough decisions to be made. So in years past, we have had a very nice, clean setup of in an ideal world, your starter goes six. You can debate whether that's right, wrong, or different, but that's what happens a lot. You got your seventh inning guy, you got your eighth inning guy, and you got your ninth inning guy. And that's the formula we used in 2021 with the what was it called the night shift, those four dudes. Yep. Um, and they were money. Um, how do you see the back end of the games working out and who are the guys that, that you trust that you, they come in, you're like, okay, we're good. What, what names, what names do you like? I mean, I think, you know, working your way backwards. I mean, it's, it's obvious Iglesias is going to be the guy, um, to close things out. I mean, I think, uh, Snit has stuck with him in that role, you know, throughout the season. I don't see that changing, um, even for matchups, but then the, you know, up in advance of that, you got AJ Mentor. Uh, you got Joe Jimenez, you know, guys that have tr- been in that role throughout the season. Jimenez has been a little off lately. Um, and then the wild card to me is a guy like Kirby Yates. Like if he's throwing strikes, dude's nasty. He just, he starts walking people and it it uh, escalates quickly. Those are the names I'm thinking too. AJ Minter has my ultimate trust. I know he's had some moments, <laughs> but we've, we've watched him yeah. for so long and they put him in a starting role for three innings. He gets a job done. Bring him in the seventh, gets the job done. Have him close a close down a game, gets a job done. So he's like, he's my number one. Um, Iglesias has been great. And I agree. He's he's who you you go with. Um, he makes me nervous, truthfully. Um yeah. he just he just does. Um Jimenez, 
you know, I, I feel like he's had more good outings than bad, but I don't know. Something about him, I'm always kind of teetering with being good Jimenez or bad Jimenez. And, and same with Yates. Um, he's looked amazing at times and at times, yeah. like, what the hell is this guy doing? So look, they got to mix and match some people. Um, well, Pierce I, Johnson has done great since he's come over. Um, the, I guess the other question mark is going to be, do they want another left-hander? Right. So a guy like Brad hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who I thought so. he's been pretty good. And then our boy, Jesse Chavez. I mean, he's got to be there, right? I mean, he, he I hope pretty- so, man. That is, you talk about one of your fan favorites. I love, love that guy. I mean, even my wife is like, when is Jesse Chavez coming back? Um, yeah, he's, we, he's, need, we need him there. And I, I want to see, as you mentioned, um, yeah, AJ, he can fit so many different roles, right? Like you, you're going to have to have a long guy at some point. Maybe he comes in in that role or he comes in for an inning and just throws the shit out of it for yeah. 15 pitches and strikes guys out. Um, how about like the, the pinch runner role in the past? We've seen them carry um carry a guy strictly to come in i mean is that is that forrest wall he's been kind of doing that what's what's the thought of of carrying a player to serve that that role you know up until you just asked me i hadn't thought about it but um with the dh we have so many less pinch hitters and in that braves lineup you literally have one spot where you're going to get pinch hit and that's the left fielder you got rosario hitting against righties you got pilar that'll hit against lefties and so you don't have to have as deep of a hitting bench um, as you would in years past to get through the national league, you know, side of the playoffs. And so, yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, you know, you're not going to double switch with your catcher as much. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we'll carry two catchers. I don't think there'll be a third one on the, on the roster. So a guy like Forrest, uh, I would be surprised if he's not on it. Yeah. He, he's a guy that if you get to extra innings, you can throw him out there at second base, you know, to pinch mm-hmm. run for whoever, assuming it wasn't Acuna or somebody. Um, I can see him doing that. So, so we'll find out. You know, it's interesting. The game Saturday night, game one, is going to go up against UGA Kentucky. So there's going to be a lot of eyes that are splitting themselves between the Braves game and the Georgia game. Me being one of them. Have they announced to, the game time? Yeah, it's seven o'clock Saturday night, seven o'clock. Oh, they did it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Georgia Kentucky is Saturday night at seven o'clock as well. So uh, got to figure out how to how to watch both of them. Other teams in the playoffs, Dodgers, they've always been the big, scary Dodgers. We took care of them this year out in L.A., man, and they didn't look as scary as they had in years past. I mean, they're still uh, – yeah, the top three odds-on favorites to win are, are Braves, Dodgers. I think Astros are number three. So they're still right there. Um, thoughts of them as a potential opponent in the NLCS. We almost – I don't no, – no disrespect to the Brewers and the Diamondbacks, but let's just look, talk about the Dodgers. Uh, they're a really good team. And they're they're another team that if you know if I was a local guy out in LA, easy to root for. Uh, got a lot of very likable players. Um, you know they've had the pitching issues uh, health wise too, and so you know they're not as formidable as they were. They didn't get Walker Bueller back. Um, you know, so I, I think the Braves have the advantage. But guys, you know, and I know, I know um, Bellinger's not there anymore. But I feel like Bellinger in the playoffs hit like eight fifty against the Braves, and Max Muncy is who I was getting to. Same thing, dude's hitting like 212 for the season. When they if they play in the NLCS, he's gonna hit 475 with five home runs and you know 12 RBIs. So they've got guys that can definitely change the game quickly, um, you know, all throughout their lineup. And that place gets loud as I'll get out too. They their old school lineup is like what I think that other teams will think about the Braves this year. It's like it never used to let up. I mean, the names you yeah. just mentioned, 
and add Corey Seager to the mix. He was with them too. Oh yeah. Um, and they just never would let up. And that was, it was exhausting to play them. And I hope that's what other teams feel when they play us. Um, their pitching is thin. I mean, Kershaw, you know, he's always teetering on the brink of health and he's probably the healthiest starter they have. That's got any sense of experience. Right. I mean, they're kind of thin at pitcher. Yeah. I mean, most of their guys are hurt or awaiting a trial. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all true. Uh, Bet's great player. Of course, I'd still take a CUNY over him. Freddie, we beat that. Yeah. That's that beat that, uh, that, that dead horse, but I'd, I'd take Olsen over him. Um, it'll be fun to play them. I hope that's what happens. Uh, D backs, they got some interesting players too. Brewers always are kind of tough. Um, any, any feelings on those two teams, D back and Brewers would potentially look out for. Yeah. I mean, the only time I saw the D backs play this year was when Atlanta played them. Um, fun to watch. Corbin Carroll is a really good ball player. I mean, he's going to be the next, uh, I won't say Acuna, but you know, big name that, that starts rising up from the young twenties guys. Um, Brewers don't really hit. They've got some good pitching. Uh, Woodruff got hurt, you know, and that's who would have pitched last night or Burns. I can't remember which one. You know, we'll we'll see if they get there. Um, but I think everybody outside of Milwaukee, Arizona, and Philadelphia, and, and Miami, for those who watch down there, they want Braves-Dodgers. MLB wants Braves-Dodgers. Like, the whole baseball world wants to see this matchup, and, and I think that's what's going to happen. So I need to mention Corbin Carroll, um, and he's a great player. I saw a comparison of of his stats and his production versus Michael Harris. If you took out Michael Harris's first month, which I know you can't say it didn't happen, but if you just look at it, Michael Harris is more productive than Corbin Carroll, which is crazy because everybody loves Corbin. Um, it just underscores like how good Michael Harris is too. And we haven't given him much love in this first however long we've been talking, um, but He's somebody that can take over a game as well with his defense and with his offense, of course. Um, so just thought it was interesting to, to point out that that he is right there if you look at it with Corbin Carroll. Well, think about it this way. You made the same comment about uh, Olsen's year this year versus a Freeman or versus Betts and Acuna and what they've done, right? It gets kind of overlooked. Harris hitting the nine hole for 80% of the year. It's easy to not see what he does because you're constantly talking about the guys in front of him. But dude's a wizard in the field. Um, I was at a game the other night, robbed a home run right in front of me. I mean, watching him go back on that ball and track it. Dude is a great center fielder. And uh, I'm super excited the Braves locked him up. So looking at the six teams in the National League, um, no one, you know, there's there's no more like big three, big four starting pitchers. If you get to the playoffs with like two guys you're comfortable with, you're kind of ahead of the game, which again is a shift in the way that these games used to be played and series used to be looked at. But I don't think any team, American League as well, is going to say we've got three or four like dudes that we are totally relying on and studs and, you know, aces and all that kind of stuff. I mean, do you get the same sense of what the pitching staff construction? Yeah, it's uh there was a I think it was on cbssports.com. They did um bold predictions for the playoffs and some over-unders. And one of them was the number of games a starting pitcher would go beyond the sixth inning. And they set it at like six. And they took the under, right? It's ridiculous. I mean, the game has just changed so much. I mean, you get a guy struggling in the fourth inning, 47 or 57, 60 pitches in, you you're going to your specialist already. And so it's just a totally different approach to how you construct that lineup. And I think that managers Roster. manage so differently in the postseason. I mean, 
I realized that everything is magnified and you don't have the the ability to let an inning go and, and risk a couple of runs. But think about some of the decisions the managers make pulling starters in the third inning when otherwise you'd let them kind of work through it. Um, it's just wild to see how how 27 outs <laughs> are being claimed by these defensive teams. Statistics, man. It, it's the analytics that say this is the right move in this spot. Uh, and that that I think that is what has changed that flow of the game more than anything else. I think that you're right. And I think that the other thing, which is statistics, is that they don't want these pitchers facing the same person three times, the lineup three times. Um, the batting averages just jump crazily once you get to that that third, yeah. that third A B. So I can see, I can see the Braves trying to like team up and pair, let's say three plus innings from Elder with three plus innings from Wright, so that you're not you're getting six innings from a starting pitcher. And again, in quotes, um, but not facing the same player those three times. Well, especially for younger guys like that. Like, I, th- I think there would be a different approach somewhat with uh, even the Strider's younger, just he can he can dominate a lineup. You know, Freed, I can see them running with a little longer. Uh, but for those guys, yeah. I mean, uh, Elder has a good couple of runs through the fourth inning, gets into a little trouble, like, boom. Uh, see, yeah. see, buddy. Thank you for your 10 outs. We appreciate your service. Yep. You know, let's move on. Uh, American, League, American League, no Yankees, no Red Sox, um, which doesn't bring a tear to my eye. Uh, Orioles, great story. I like seeing them get there. They've got a great fan base that's starved for this kind of success. Um, I like their catcher. Uh, Adley Rushman is a stud. Um, but there's some other teams out there that I don't know much about. Candidly, I don't watch too much American League baseball. Um, we mentioned the Blue Jays are a fun team, but any of those other teams that are sticking out to you that you're going to want to try to watch or look out for? Well, I think, I mean, the two you mentioned, the two best teams, I think the Orioles are a great story. Don't know much about the roster. Um, but I equate the scenario much to what we experienced back in the beginning of the nineties when the Braves went from, you know, last place to first. I mean, I think the Orioles, would they lose a hundred games last year or the year before? Uh, so that would be a great storyline. Um, I'm I'm kind of tired of watching the Astros. Uh, I don't know if it's the scandal or if it is just that they've been there and done that. Um, you know, hopefully these people are saying, I don't want to see the Braves again because we've seen them in the World Series, you know, for the last five years. Um, but either one, I think, would make for a for a good series. So I'm not kind of tired of the Astros. I'm flat out done with them. Like I, I don't I don't need to see them anymore. And this is coming from a guy that used to really like Bergman and used to really like Altuve and like Correa when he was there. Um, I don't need to see those guys anymore. And I don't think it's because I'm, quote, afraid of them beating the Braves. I'm just tired of watching them. I'm tired of their pitchers. Um, I don't like Tucker. He's a Florida guy. I don't like Pena. Um, so, yeah, you, you struck a nerve with me, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm done yeah. with the Astros. I hope whoever they get matched up with in the NL, NLDS takes them out. Yeah, so we'll see, man. I, you know, I'm with you. I don't watch a whole lot of American League baseball. Um, you know, primarily just the Braves. But I think, you know, storylines. If the if the Orioles could make it, I think would be awesome. Um, I think it'd be cool to see the Twins in there. Um, and you know, their fan base has been waiting a long time for something like that as well. Uh, well, sure, you could say that about Blue Jays too, Rays too. So I was going to say, really, any of the teams not named the Astros, those fans would would love it. I mean, the Rangers. Yeah. I always kind of like the Rangers. I don't know why. No, no individual player sticks out to me about I should like the Rangers, but I, I just kind of do. Um, their team is scary, man. Their offense is loaded. They're a team. Um, 
they're a team that is my I mean we can jump ahead, but but they're 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 my prediction to come out of come out of this from the American League and being the World Series. Well, I think they they I don't know if they swept, they took at least two out of three from the Braves early in the season and they crushed the baseball. I mean, Corey Seeger, we've obviously seen him as a Dodger. Uh the other guy I really like there's Marcus Simeon, their second baseman. Uh just a good ball player, man. Don't forget Garcia. That dude is yeah. jacked. I mean <laughs> jacked. Uh and do you know who else is on their roster in their bullpen? Mike Miner. Will Smith. Will Smith. Oh, great. <laughs> I, I can't I can't pitching? tell you what his role is. Maybe he's the the closer. I don't know. Someone will fact check me. Maybe he's not even on the roster, but um postseason roster that is, but he is on the team. Uh, we gotta love Will Smith, man. That run he had two years ago. We gotta love Will Smith. Oh, I'm laughing, not at him. Uh guys like Will Smith, Solaire, Jock. I mean, I don't care whenever they come back, those are always gonna be dudes that did it for us. So So who is your uh I mean, this is this is playing out thin air, but we had those three guys last year or two years ago. Um, Eddie, I would say was top of the class for them. Who's one name? That you're you're gonna look back on in a month from now and say that was the guy this October that led the Braves to a championship. You get one guy. I mean, if I want to go a little off the radar, Michael Harris. Damn you! Damn you! You <laughs> stole it from me. Dude, I think he's got then. he's got such a multiple ways he can impact the game. He can make the diving saving catch or make the throw to home plate to get a guy tagging up from third or hit the three run homer or hit the single to get the guy in for third. Um, and I think, you know, he's been hitting lately in the six and seven hole. And I think the way that they're going to pitch around the middle of the lineup, I think is going to give him a lot of opportunities with guys on base and we'll see what he does. You're a smart man, dude. I got nothing to add. What's next. What's <laughs> next. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, I, I just said that I thought the Rangers were going to make the World Series. Are you prepared to make a prediction on the fly, American League representative in the World Series? I'm, I'm just trying to think back to our April talk on this. I think I said Astros and Braves. So you're sticking I'm pretty with sure it? I did. Okay. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I am actually. I am. Uh, I'm thinking the Astros are going to find a way to pull it through, and uh, uh, you know, I think the Braves are going to. Find a way, you know, if I'm making predictions on the way they do it, Phillies in four, Dodgers in six, Astros in six. Amen. From your mouth to God's ears. God, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm not going to argue any of that other than I'm going to put the Rangers in And just for clarification for your listeners, I was not picking those teams to win. I was picking the Braves to win against those teams in that number of games. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I did hear um, when I hung up the phone with you this morning, uh, coincidentally, Morgan Wallen's song came on 98 Braves. I don't <laughs> know if that was an, an a good sign or a bad sign. Um, I don't want there to be a song about the 2023 Braves coming out by insert new favorite country singer in 15, 20 years. It's a no sign because that song plays on repeat like every 45 minutes on the country stations here. So you're saying it was going to be, be on the kids know what. The whole thing, yep. but yeah, it's actually it's such a fitting song, though. Um, but we're not we're not going to be saying that about 2023. I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Um, I'm looking forward to this month a lot. I, I'm in a good headspace, I think, where I have, um, and this might come across as sounding kind of soft. Um, I've enjoyed this brave season so much 
that I'm in a really good spot coming into this month. Um, I don't know what that means in terms of if they end up losing along the line. Like, of course, I'm going to be upset, but I don't know, man. Like, I've gone into other seasons, like, on edge, nervous. Like, this is really going to be a big deal. I don't Well, let me turn right the tables now. on you. Let me be the interviewer for a minute. What are you most looking forward to seeing? I'm looking forward to them hosting up the trophy at the end of this month. Um, I'm looking forward to Acuna letting the whole world see what he can yeah. do. Um, and I'm looking forward to him gaining new fans because um, we, of course, all love him. I would love to hear a Phillies or a Mets or a Marlins fan like true feelings about him. Of course, oh, we hate him. He's a showboat. He's cocky. He's this, he's that. But they got to respect the hell out of him. Uh, I want the random fan of Minnesota to watch him play for a week and be yeah. like, holy cow, this dude is as advertised. Um, I want to see Matt Olson show some emotions. I want to see him come out of his skin and, and you know, enjoy what he has done. Um, his stoicism, I think, is great, but I want to see him kind of show some show, show some love. Um, yeah. That's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Um, I want to see Arcia and Albies keep laughing and keep the mood as it is. I just love them all, man. Like I just, yeah. I just do. I just love them all, and I want the whole rest of the country to see it on display for a month. Um, I don't want them to, you know, crap out against the Phillies and us say, remember back in 2023, that great regular season. I, I just don't want that. Yeah. Well said. That's it, man. That's it. Uh, I think we just nailed it. I think that that our telephone conversation that we hit record on uh, hopefully will be enjoyed by everybody. Um, maybe we'll do a World Series preview and insert Astros or insert um, Rangers get played. My last question for you, though, is this. Uh, has nothing to do with the Braves or the postseason. I'm just curious. Um, if you're the GM of of a team, what do you, what is your take on Otani in the offseason as the biggest free agent to come out maybe ever? Good question, man. Um, you know, they threw around the wildest numbers, you know, five and six hundred million dollars for this guy that's already, you know, 30, 31 years old or 29, whatever he is. You know, I think the injury zaps that. Um you know, I, I still think he is probably, if not the most, uh, in the top two or three in the discussion on most dynamic hitters in the game uh, and the way that his approaches are deployed. So I don't see a, you know, where his value is going to go down to, you know, some marginal, you know, DH. But the fact is, if he can't throw, he's only DHing. Um, I, I think he'll stay on the West Coast. Uh, I think he wants to be out there. And I think there are, you know, three or four teams with the pocketbooks and the desire to win that are going to want to sign him, uh, you know, whether that's San Francisco, San Diego, or Los Angeles. Um, but it was fun to see him come through Atlanta. Cause you know, we don't get to see him play that often. And it was, it was impressive. I mean, everything you hear about seeing some of the highlights you see him on the field, you're like, dang, this guy's good. He, he is as advertised um, on the field. And from a marketing perspective, I mean, can you imagine him ending up in like, I don't know, Seattle or something where, yeah. you know, they, they can just, they can just play that. What I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I, I agree. He's not going to be a $500 million guy. He might have been, but for this injury, someone will overpay him and someone's going to hate it in eight years from now when he's not able to pitch anymore, but he's still potentially a productive free agent. So anyway, thanks for uh, answering that question just because I got you here and I'm curious. Yeah, man. All right, dude. Well, thank you for hopping on. Um, always enjoyed talking baseball with you. Hope everybody out there, Enjoyed this and got juiced up for um, for the playoffs. So this will air just just ahead of game one. So let's see if our predictions come true, buddy. We'll be Good talking stuff, about Thanks it and watching it. And uh, go Braves.
Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Keep chopping. Talk to y'all later. <laughs>